You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's going on, fans of the show? It's Kyrie Thompson back with another episode of First and Fox, bro. Make sure you download, subscribe, stream this on the free Odyssey app, and wherever you get your podcasts. Obviously, we know free agency. The first wave has come and gone. The Patriots look a little bit different. Made some interesting low-budget signings. I know some people want more. But in order to talk about what the Patriots have done and what they could do, we bring back friend of the show, Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus, cap analyst extraordinaire and budding news source guy. Um, you know, I... I He's taken over the world, guys. So, I mean, thank you so much for taking the time to join us out of your your busy world domination schedule. Far too kind. Far too kind. Uh, yeah, you know, the occasional uh, Wave 7 free agent edition, you know, news. That's that's the bread and butter right now, baby. That, that, that's where it's at. Absolutely. And you know what? As, as it'll turn out, we're going to be on this podcast or we're just going to record it and post it up or what have you. And then the Patriots are going to like trade for DeAndre Hopkins or something like that, because of course, right. Yep. But let, let's get into it. Okay. So like I said, first wave, probably second wave, maybe even third wave of free agency has come and gone. What grade would you give the Patriots for what they have done to this point? Yeah, I think they're right in the B range. Uh, I have them with a B minus on our website, I suppose. But, um, you know, I think they're right in that range. I, I don't mind that they have, you know, let some players go. I thought Jacoby Myers would get more money. I, I think I do understand, though, where he gets three years, 33. You give three years, 25 and a half million to Juju Smith-Schuster. I think both guys can play on the outside, um, you know, pr- predominantly slots. But I think if you wanted to play a guy more on the outside, I personally would go – uh, in, in that Z-type role with a Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, obviously, we'll see how that works for Myers in Las Vegas. So I don't mind spending a little bit less there. You know, talk, t- sell yourself on upside, all of that. Do you think it's a little weird to, to see the Patriots kind of buy high on a player, so to speak? You know, he gets the one-year flyers back-to-back, and then off a good year, then he signs with the Patriots. We don't see that very often for New England, but he got less than myself and many expected, so I don't mind that at all. And then, you know, the flip side, what they're, we're used to them doing with Mike Kosicki, I do get people saying, well, you know, him and Hunter Henry aren't great blockers. Can they run 12 personnel with two guys that aren't really great in that facet? Henry's fine. Kosicki, you know, can't really do it at all. But I think you needed that addition. Um, you know, he, he can run up the seam. He is the big body third down and red zone target guy. The Patriots were dead last in 2022 in red zone touchdown percentage. Under 50%. You know, per our data, um, and Gesicki is, you know, one of the best tight ends down in that area. I have a step for you right here. Oh, never mind. It's on a different article. But, you know, he, he's like top five among tight ends over the last couple of years in red zone receptions. Um, you know, so, so, so that's what you're looking for there. And obviously good value. The one nitpick I have, and maybe you don't address it in free agency, but the tackle situation in New England scares me, I think, more than, than maybe people are, are making it out to be. And you know what? That's an interesting thing, right? Because they didn't go out and splurge on, you know, Mike McGlinchey or Jawan Taylor, which again were, were moves that I didn't expect them to make necessarily. But I mean, there, there are a lot of people just like, yeah, these are my top five free agent tackles. And I'm just like, those guys are all going to get paid. And I highly doubt the Patriots are going to do it. But then on top of that, right, you don't sign uh, a big name core. I mean, you, you got Jonathan 
Jones back, but you didn't sign a big name corner even after you got rid of, of Jalen Mills and size is still an issue with that position. You didn't like go out and sign Jesse Bates or Jordan Poyer to replace Devin McCourty or a lot of people wondering, what do you, what do you make of the fact that they're not spending the big money right now? Just, just the idea that, I mean, why wouldn't you do that when you've got the cap space in order to make sure some of those positions of need like tackle are a little bit better provided for? I do think it is interesting because, look, I, I know the, the historic Patriots would never spend much for free agency. We would never be surprised by it. But, <clears throat> excuse me, when 2021 happens and we see them, you know, set a record at the time for the most total guaranteed money given out to a free agent class, I mean, I guess you could argue it didn't go very well. So maybe that's why they're not doing it again. But they obviously showed a departure from that line of thinking and were more comfortable being aggressive and making those moves. Um, you know, so I, I just thought, look, usually the trend we see is, Going into the rookie contract quarterback's third year, if that team believes in that player, they spend a ton. And this year, obviously, it's Justin Fields. You know, I think Trevor Lawrence was more last year, but you still got it. And then, you know, you look back historically, I mean, the Giants and Cardinals went crazy for Daniel Jones and Kyler Murray in 2018. The Bills trade for Stephon Diggs. You know, we see the Ravens, their defense was the most expensive defense in the NFL in 2020, I want to say. Like, we see all these teams kind of make that push to say, okay, our guy is cheap. We're going into this year. You look last year at the you know the Chargers as well, and you spend and say we want to spend now because this window is closing. Where we expect to pay this guy a lot of money. Let's get the value out now. Clearly, I, I do not think that is the you know I don't think the Patriots are worried about spending a ton of money on Mac Jones and trying to capitalize on his rookie contract window. I, I, I'm not going to make us some sweeping declaration, but their free agency has not suggested to me they think he is a guy. Yeah, and you know what? There's always that that perception that Bill Belichick doesn't think you need to have the guy. Like you basically just need a guy who's going to do what he's told, throw the ball where he wants him to throw the ball. And so that's been a big topic of discussion. I will get to that later. But kind of on that vein, we were talking off air about DeAndre Hopkins. And Ian Rappaport just tweeted out a little bit ago that the, the talks are starting to ramp up now that you've got an idea more of what his market is. There's been the discussions about Jerry Judy potentially being available. I've seen some reports that we could be talking about a day two pick plus a player, maybe, for either one of those players. Would you do that if you were the New England Patriots? Send a second or third round pick to a team for one of those players plus another guy. And who would you send away in such a trade scenario? Yeah, so for me, uh, you know, look, I don't know the, the, the current relationship between Bill O'Brien and DeAndre Hopkins, but I find it bizarre that people keep making that connection because yeah. I, if, based on the articles we've read, again, maybe it's not true, their relationship is horrible. So I don't really get why people keep connecting those two people. But nevertheless, let's because, say it because is it's DeAndre Hopkins, we know about him, and he's had 1,000-yard seasons before. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, look, I, I think the – so first for Hopkins, the Brandon Cooks trade to me – look, Hopkins is a far superior player than Brandon Cooks, and I think Cooks is a great player. But, you know, a true outside X dominant guy that you can throw 15 targets at and can win you a game on occasion is different than a Brandon Cooks. But at the same time, he is two years older. He missed time with injury in 2021. He was suspended for six games last year and honestly was still very good, but was not great. He was not. And maybe that's the Cardinals and the injuries there, how bad the team was. I yeah. think he probably was checked out to a degree. So he might still be an elite player. But, you know, we fell for this trap with Julio Jones where yeah. he goes for a two and a four um, or maybe a two and a six, whatever it was. 
was Titans. No, it was a horrific trade for the Titans. And so I think that was the most comparable trade. I think it was honestly like the easiest com- comparable ever. Same age, same contract status to a degree, you know, same great players. Now post Cooks trade where you get a fifth and a sixth after Houston eats $6 million in salary. And we now find out today Cooks reduced his compensation dramatically by $9 million. You still get nothing for it. I, I would give a third, but if Houston, if Arizona is holding out for a second, I, here's the last piece, the leverage. Houston had no leverage with Brandon Cooks, and I don't think Arizona has any leverage. with. Hopper. You know he wants to leave. You know he honestly might, you know, like, I'm not going to say half-ass it, but just like not really give his full go next year in Arizona. Um, and he's owed $19.5 million next year. So long answer short on him, I would not give a second-round pick. I would maybe give a third. Even there, I'm like, I'll almost try to do like a Devontae Parker-esque trade, and I'm not comparing the two players. But, you know, give a third, get back a day three pick type of swap, more because of contract and and leverage and things like that. So who the player would be from New England, it's a good question. I mean, I think I would give some depth on defense. You know, maybe one of your young corners. I know who Jack Jones got suspended. I think it's probably a little bit too early to give up on a guy like him. But, like, I'm not touching the offense, really. I think they still need to add as much as possible there. I guess a Kendrick Bourne could make sense going back to Arizona. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he'd be happy with that at this point. So maybe he's an answer there. Um, I know I've been rambling forever. For Judy, I'd be more open to it just because he's younger, still on the rookie contract. I think he did kind of look like the guy we thought he was supposed to be last year to a degree once that offense could actually do anything in, in Denver. Um, but I also just like him in this offense as – you know, I think Mac already has the, the the Devontae Parker again. Not comparing the players, but he has that guy in Devontae Parker. Judy to me, you put him in the slot. He's a separator, good route runner, does different things. Um, so maybe with him, I'd be willing to pay a little bit more. Yeah, and and I mean, you could say they're you know, you could say like a Juju or you know Jerry Judy or something like that might be redundant. But I think Judy's probably a better player. So so maybe you 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 know deal with that and figure it out later on. My thought was. Josh Uche, maybe. And the, and, the, and the reasoning behind sending somebody like Uche is because we don't know if he's an every down player right now. And I don't know that they're going to pay him to just be a guy that rushes the passer when you could sign somebody cheap to do that, or you could just draft another guy to do that. And so I'm kind of looking at him. I definitely thought Kendrick Bourne might be somebody to think about. Maybe even if somebody were willing to take on Trent Brown, then again, I would not do that right now because they do not have the tackle depth to do that. And Trent Brown is still the best tackle on your team. So I would not be selling him for nothing at this particular point in time. You you got to, you got to draft a, a kid before I could be down with that. Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's totally fair. I, the, the tackle situation scares me. I mean, people are, are talking up Riley Reef. We know from covering Chicago, I mean, the guy barely played last year. He's, he's an older player. He's not like, I would honestly wouldn't even view him as a starter in the NFL right now, or if he is, it means you're in a bad situation. Yeah, he's he is decently paid depth, I and mean, he's probably going to make the roster based on on the guarantees that they gave him. But again, was he getting paid five million dollars? Like I don't know. That, like to me, that doesn't scream. Oh my God, he's definitely going to start. He's he's going to compete for a starting job. But what you want in this situation is for a young kid to come in and beat him out. And then you've got Trent Brown or, or something like that. I, I just, the, the hate for Trent Brown is a lot for me because I think he had some, he had some bad games last year, but by and large, he was their most consistent offensive lineman, not named Mike Unwinu. 
So I, I just feel like, yeah, go go ahead, go ahead and trade him. And then when you're starting Riley Reef at left tackle, let me know how you feel about that. Good luck with that. Yeah, but prayers up for Mac Jones. Yes, yes, exactly. Prayers up for Mac Jones. So listen, we were talking a little bit about whether or not this team is in on Mac Jones. There's been a lot of chatter about Lamar Jackson in these parts of late. We know how great of a player Lamar Jackson is when he's on the field. We also know that he plans to be pretty expensive. And I mean, I was talking to somebody yesterday that that told me he's going for it all. Five years, $230 million fully guaranteed. Is there any scenario in the world where Lamar Jackson ends up on the Patriots? And what would that even look like? Because I have a hard time believing that the Crafts and Bill Belichick are going to be on board for that much fully guaranteed money. Yeah, it is tough to envision. I will say they they would probably join my list of teams that wait until after the draft. You know, a lot of people talking about like Indianapolis and, and like Indy's not going to give the fourth overall pick and do it now. They're going to wait. If they are going to make an offer sheet at all, they'll wait until, you know, because of course in your mind, hypothetically, you get Lamar Jackson and the two first you're sending to Baltimore in 2024 and 2025 are way lower down the first round. Obviously, New England, I mean, picking 14th is like a, you know, a top five pick in New England's mind based on their, you know, historically where they draft. So I think it's, look, I you know, I don't think it's insane. I mean, A, they built a team where, they do want to zag when everyone else is zigging, and I think they would be fine running a smash-mouth power football team that ran the ball with Ramondre Stevenson and Lamar Jackson and bring in more bodies and just be a different type of NFL offense than a lot of teams are going with. So, like, I, I think it makes sense from that standpoint. From the standpoint of Kraft giving out a deal that is, you know, precedent-shattering and, and, and joins Jimmy Haslam as you know two guys to do something that no one else has done – Look, he can't afford it. I don't put him in that bucket of you know owners that I think genuinely do not have the liquidity to do it. Um, he okay. he does. I think it only happens if it's like to me the signal would be like Bill has like two or three years left. Like that would be like the That's signal awesome. to me is like they just want to go for it because like Bill was saying, hey man, I'm gonna hang out my cleats in a little bit. Like let's just go crazy. And even Kraft too could be like I'm not gonna sell, but like. I'm going to step away. I'm going to be less involved. I'm going to let my kid kind of run the up. And that might already be the case. But, you know, like that would be the signal to me is the only way I see it happening. It's kind of a like, this is the end of the road. Let's just go crazy and see what we can do. Yeah. And, and I mean, I've been kind of on that idea that it, once Bill Belichick gets the all-time wins record, I don't know how much longer he's going to be here. I mean, like I've heard people like he's still got a lot of juice, still got a lot left in the tank. But man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot for him to be coaching at 74, 75 years old. I mean, not to say that he couldn't do it. I mean, he's in fine shape and all that, but I I think that that would be a total let's go down swinging sort of thing. Then again, maybe their their idea of going down swinging is we're gonna go down swinging the way we've always done business. And you know what? Let's go try and win a Super Bowl with Bailey Zappi. I mean, hey, all the power to him. If they pull that off, that's that's how you ride off into the sunset, truly at the, at the peak of your powers. Yeah, now that that's that'd be goat level stuff, right? <laughs> um, now, when the seemingly inevitable Aaron Rodgers trade finally happens, as a last question here, where would you rank the Patriots in the division among those teams? Are they doomed to be in the cellar, or? Are we kind of overrating the Jets again? 
We certainly could be. I mean, it is the Jets, but man, I mean, you know, I, they had below replacement level quarterback play last year. Like, I think oh it, God. you know, we talk about like bad quarterback play. Like, they weren't, they didn't have, they wish they had bad quarterback play last year. That would have been great for them. So, I know this sounds, this is scary to say. This is a classic, like, I'm old takes exposing myself already, but like, yeah, I, I think the Patriots would be in fourth place in the division on paper based on the rosters. Um, you know, pre draft, of course, that could change things. Um, they're obviously picking earlier than anybody else. In the, or well, I guess the Jets are right, right ahead of them. But maybe hypothetically, that first-round pick goes to Green Bay. It doesn't seem like it at this point. But nevertheless, yeah, I would, man. Because, like, the defense was phenomenal last year. But can they repeat that? I'm not really sure. Um, you know, they're not going to be top three in e-paper play against, I don't think. Um, especially if they play Aaron Rodgers twice instead of playing, you know, Zach Wilson twice and, and having, like, seven interceptions in two games. So, yeah, it's it, you know again. I'm 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 scared to even put this on tape on the record, but I I would say not only are they be in last, they would be in last by like a decent margin in my in my eyes. Oh boy, well that is not going to make anybody happy listening to that. I'm I'm of the opinion that I think they could still get a game off the Jets, but again, you look at Buffalo. I mean, based on what they've done, I think that the Patriots are better than they were at the start of last week. But are they? oh, yeah, we can definitely compete with Buffalo on completely even ground better? (laughs) I don't know about all that. And then the Dolphins obviously trading for Jalen Ramsey and committing, at least in the short term, to Tua. I mean, look, that team, if Tua didn't get hurt, I mean, that they would have competed to win the division. But as it is, they still made the wild card ahead of you. And then the Jets, again, if the Jets had just had a quarter – Honestly, if the Jets had had a full season of Mike White, they might have ended up being in the playoffs. No, seriously, though. Like, they would have. If they had, you know, Jacoby Brissett, instead of being Cleveland, they win 11 games last year. Like, I I really believe that. The defense was that good. That is a a playoff-caliber, Super Bowl-caliber defense right now. Sauce is only going to get better from here. In theory, you could get Brees Hall back, who is – I mean, they, they had, like, two different Offensive Rookie of the Year candidates last year. One of them just got hurt. I mean, so so they they are set up for success if they have a quarterback. The Patriots are seemingly in something of a limbo, but you never know because I feel like their floor, if they could win seven games with Cam Newton and they could win eight games with whatever the hell that offense was last year, that's still a team that can complete you know, can compete for the playoffs. So yes. I don't know. There's a part of me that just thinks like, you know what, as long as this team isn't horrible – all bets are off. Their biggest offseason addition, and it doesn't matter if they make other big moves, oh, is going to be saying. Bill O'Brien. Yeah. yeah. And you know where I'm going with it. And like I mentioned the red zone thing. Like, if you regress to average from literally dead last, like that makes a massive difference. Um, and they should. So, yeah, they, they if they win 10 games next year and make the wild card, I wouldn't be surprised at all. That's just who the Patriots are. I'm just saying on paper from a pure talent standpoint, which, of course, like coaching matters, um, the rest of the AFC East is pretty stacked on paper. You're not wrong. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised to see it turn out that way. But it's also one of those deals where this could be a division. This could be what the AFC West was supposed to be last year when we thought, oh, yeah, all four of these teams could make the playoffs or three of these teams going to make the playoffs. And then really only one of them ended up actually being any good. But you know what? Last year there was a period of time when it looked like all those AFC East teams could make the playoffs and 
the bottom two didn't make it for incompetence reasons. But we'll see now that if, if they fix those competence issues with offensive coordinator for the Patriots and quarterback for the Jets, maybe we will see it this year. Who knows? Brad, thank you so much for joining me, my man. Always a pleasure to have you on and uh, looking forward to whenever we can do this again the next time. Of course, man. Thanks for having me as always. Maybe we'll, we'll check back post-draft and, and hopefully our, our opinions have changed. Yes, we, we will see. I would, I, again, and you know what? I put out my mock draft this morning. I, I'm not giving away that, that uh, second round pick because I'm trying to get a tackle with it. But you know what? That, that's just a cue for all of you to go check out that mock draft on weei.com. This has been First and Fox for I'm Kyrie Thompson. Until next time.